Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Uh, welcome to a very special episode of Saturday Omaha. Uh, originally, we were going to do a little something else, but uh, due to the, um, I don't even know if I'm going to say its name. I'm not going to recognize it. That thing that's happening right now um, has been uh, impacting the world and Omaha and Omaha food, and it's impacting this podcast, but uh, it's not going to let this podcast get down or any other podcast and speaking of other podcasts, um, late last night, I gave Mr. Dan Hoppen of RestaurantHoppen.com and the Restaurant Hoppen podcast a call and asked him if he would join me for a quick session, a morsel, if you will, on a few different things going on. So uh, we have Dan on the line now. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, considering all the circumstances of the event that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> and it's... It's just a real pleasure to be on with you again, Dave. I, I mean, this is, it's always a joy to podcast, especially when we're talking about food. So how can I say no to a great opportunity like this? Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I uh, appreciate your uh, joining us and, and I love talking food too. And especially the, I pretty spur the moment thing here. So, so double appreciation there. Um, so I, I wanted to do kind of two things on this podcast. One, uh, you and I, uh, didn't cross paths, but we were in the same vicinity on the same day at a new restaurant that opened up. And uh, this is Okra African Grill, and they're located at 1303 South 72nd Street, uh, Suite 101. And uh, that's Omaha, Nebraska. I, I you know, I, Dan, I, I know you did this the last time we got together, but would you mind reading the zip code? It just is going to sound better from you. 68124. That's solid. I'm honored and... to be able to do that twice. Wow, that's that's fantastic. That's that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, essentially 72nd and Pacific next to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and First Watch, and there's a few other mm -hmm. things over there. So you and I were in the same general vicinity, and I, I just kind of got a, a quick meal to go, um, as we are wont to do in these current circumstances for the uh, virus that shall not be named. And um, this place is, there's a few bays here. You've got uh, the Starbucks is right there, and Okra is in the former uh, Suji's or Suji Korean Grill location, yeah? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And and so they're they're a fast casual uh, setup. If you were to eat in, of course, uh, we we got the to go version, and uh, they have some choices of rice bowls with different toppings, um, lots of choices, lots of different proteins, etc. And then some main entrees, some sides, and and stuff like that. So. Dan, um, I, I guess because I know you actually partook in a few more things than I had. Uh, what would you maybe like to lead us off with and tell us about something? Yeah, well, while you were smart and just went and, you know, like, paced yourself and, and didn't gorge yourself. My wife and I, we, we had three entrees uh, between <laughs> us. <laughs> so we, we had like a little mini Saturday, I guess. But yeah, I, um, I was actually, I didn't totally know what to expect going into Okra because, like you mentioned, this is a brand new restaurant, uh, just barely over a week old at this point, about a week and a half. Yeah. But yeah, really kind of, you know, the, the Chipotle style concept, which has become so popular now where 
there's just kind of all the ingredients are laid out in front of you and you choose a rice bowl and then, you know, you can add proteins, you can add uh, veggies, you can add sauces, stuff like that. That's kind of the concept right. behind this restaurant, which I think is really creative and really cool, except, you know, instead of doing Mexican or a sandwich or all these things that we're used to seeing, they have African food. So they have like roasted lamb, they have steak kebabs, they have chicken, they have shrimp stuff like that, and then they also have just a couple, like, traditional African dishes, like we got a grilled fish filet um, that was really good. They have some fried plantains, um, you know, things along those lines, so yeah. I was just, uh, I was very blown away by just the flavors that came out of this. I didn't to- totally know what to expect going in. I don't have a, a ton of experience with African food, other than our first crossover when we went to China's African cuisine, so this was this right. is kind of fun, but I want to hear about your experience too. What did you think? What did yeah, you have? You know, you brought up uh, a couple good points there, especially with the uh, you know the fast casual, like we're saying the you know the Chipotle style. But like you said, this is just different stuff, and that's what makes it really mm-hmm. kind of exciting. Um, and mm-hmm. you had mentioned the flavors, so um, I actually got the jollof rice. Um, so that's kind of fun because you got the the grilled fish, and and so I got this, but. Like I said, the flavor coming out of everything and and the wonderful scent. Um, I got this box home and opened this thing up, and it's like, man, this smell, this delicious smell, like mm-hmm. wafting off of this rice is just ridiculous. It just smelled awesome. So yeah, yeah. So so the jollof rice that I had. So this is a red rice with grilled chicken. Uh, it came with a little uh a to go ramekin of tomato sauce. Uh, some veggies, that plantain, which seems to kind of carry throughout a few other things, um, diced tomato, onions, green pepper. And uh, yeah, the, the chicken was cubed small, and I was kind of worried it was going to be just like, yeah, chicken. Um, it actually had some good flavor to it. The mm-hmm. uh, veggies were sliced kind of big. I got some real big pieces of uh, fresh bell pepper in there um so you know it wasn't hiding in there which is cool and um the the rice though i i have to say i mean the chicken was good everything was hot and fresh super flavorful but i really liked the the rice the red rice was good um see see, i want to comment on that real quick both my wife she got the red rice so i went with the white rice so we could try each and i will agree with you like the white rice was great don't get me wrong it was cooked very well it was nice and tender. It was good white rice. But whatever spices that they have in that red rice, just kick it up another level. And I really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would not pass up on that again. And uh, I, I will say I really like that the red tomato sauce. And I, I had yes. some rice like with and without. And I kind of wish I had another ramekin of this stuff. Cause yes, yeah, because we kind of ended up at this at uh, Chima, so I I think okra's togolese, so I think it might be a little different style. But the two, the two, only the two African places we have been to, a common theme. I want more of that sauce at both There's places. A lot more sauce. Yeah, I need yeah. some more sauce. It was so delicious. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to I wanted to get your takes on that on that tomato sauce because that was actually featured very heavily on the on the grilled fish filet, which was tilapia in this case, but it's it just has like a nice bite, a little bit of tang to it. It's 
maybe got like a touch of sweetness, but it is more kind of that just acidic flavor, and it just works really well, I think, with the rice, with the protein. And yeah, I, I'll agree with you. Like, I think we got two ramekins of it, or and when we say ramekins, they're like little, you know, basically like maybe the equivalent of like two Taco Bell <laughs> sauce packets or right. something. Like, it's not a lot, but it's so good that you just wish you had more. Yeah, it's like the the regulation uh, salad dressing cup, and yeah, I really yeah. wanted some more of that because uh, I I I poured it out because I I wasn't sure. I'm like, well, I did. I should have asked how to eat it. I'm like, should I, you know, pour this over everything? So I I kind of poured uh-huh. it over like half, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. And then I wanted more of it. And what did you think of the fried plantain? So I thought the plantains were definitely different than what we had at Chima. Um, mm-hmm. I found them much sweeter, very sweet for a plantain. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, I don't know if they, they glaze them or something along those lines, but you know, a lot of times it's like, Oh, a, a plantain is more of a, you know, a potatoey bordering starchy thing. This one for me was actually trending banana. Um, they were good, mm-hmm. but I, I almost could have had it as a dessert item. I, I thought it was, you know, as good by itself. I didn't really want to take a bite of rice plus plantain. That was not really for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And when you compare it to Chima's, I think I enjoyed Chima's a little bit more. These were a little bit softer, not not quite as firm, and maybe, I don't want to say too much sweetness because they were delicious, don't get me wrong. Sure. I just, I think Chima just was a little bit higher, but these are still very, very good. Like, I'm I'm picking Nick's to, to compare these two. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, all the individual items were prepped great, and it was so fun to pop this thing open, bring it home, and just get, like, surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was super fun. Uh, my my wife actually took a bite, too, and she didn't really know what to expect, and she took a bite of that rice, and you look at it, and you're thinking it's like, uh, you know, uh, Mexican rice or Spanish rice or something like that, and it's not. And and so no. it's like, whoa, taste bud surprise. So that was cool. Yeah, it messes with your head a little bit, but you're okay with it. Because yes. it tastes good. So you're just like, go ahead. Yeah, it messes with my brain. That's cool. Absolutely. I, I could have eaten all of that and then had another side of rice. It was it was pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Now, you also had the empanada, correct? I did. So the, the mini empanada, and I believe on the menu it's listed as the petit gâteau. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I ordered one of these things, and this was good. Um, so but much like Chima, if you're there and they had the meat pie, order that. If you're at okra, order the empanada. Um, light, um, flaky. Uh, definitely not as uh, thick or cake-like as the Chima meat patty. This is definitely more empanada, but it's got a it's got a chew to the to the crust and mm-hmm. the in, the inside just uh, ground beef type filling. Um, I broke this into two pieces, and I'm glad I did. Sometimes I'll do this with food where I don't want it to end right away, so I'll uh-huh. break it in half. <laughs> eat a half, maybe go to something else and then come back and get the other half. This sucker was super tasty. Um, there's there's a picture we put out there on Instagram of uh, the empanada in the sun and uh, it's it's worth the the sunlight beautifulness. It was real good. Did, did you get your hands on one of these things? 
No, I saw it on the menu, and Sarah and I, like I mentioned, we had so much food that, like, I didn't even consider getting anything else. Yeah. Um, but then, like, we finished up our meal, and we were super happy. Like, don't get me wrong, we loved everything that we had. And then I got on Instagram, and I saw your picture, and I was just like, <laughs> our meal was great. It could have just been a little bit better, I think. Oh, that's awesome. But it was still really, really good. Yeah, yeah, totally recommend that side. Um, and and like you said, I loved everything that I had, but honestly, the Infinata was my my favorite. Um, I I could have had a whole bunch of these things. They were super good. Did anything else uh, like really stand out for you, like as your your highlight? You know, it's it's hard to pick a highlight because um, we really just, I mean, you know, it's cliche to say we enjoyed everything, but we really did. Like uh, the grilled uh, tilapia was perfectly flaky and like i said you know just you know we were talking about how there wasn't enough tomato sauce with the rice bowls with this there was i mean the whole fish was like covered in the tomato sauce that's to the point where it was over sauce it was it was just perfect it was very very good um i got roasted lamb in my mm. rice bowl which i thought again like you mentioned the chunks of the chicken were like diced up really nice i think it's about similar size with the lamb okay um nice level of salt very tender very good and then Sarah, my wife, actually got uh, some steak kebabs. Oh, yeah. And those were absolutely excellent as well. Tons of meat. like, And I think that's something to emphasize, too. When you get a rice bowl or really you get any kind of entree here, it's a very good portion size. Like you're not going to be wanting for anything at the end of the meal. Yeah, that's that's no kidding. In fact, I, I had mentioned that my wife tried some as well, and uh, I took – I don't know, a third of that rice bowl and put it on a plate. There's a whole lot there. And then I still had some. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, to, ra- to round out our meal, I guess, um, another one of those specialties is a ginger lemonade, Ooh. which is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's lemonade with a with a hit of ginger. So there's like, you know, there's a touch of spice, a little bit of bite in there, but it's, a, it's very pleasant and it's welcome. Um, I would say if you're a fan of ginger at all, this is something at least worth trying. I thought it was really good, and so did Sarah. And she's not even a huge Ginger fan, but she liked this a lot. And then the last thing I want to mention is this isn't something that necessarily you would, if you went in and ate there, you would eat, but you can buy it there, and it's also available in some high V's. is the chef. Her name is uh, Nina. Right. And she makes this sweet bread, which in, they sell loaves of it there. Oh. And so we got a loaf to go and brought it home. And it's been, what, two days, I think, since we went there. And the loaf, I think we have like one piece of it left. It's so (laughs) good. We've just been devouring it like crazy. It is just so soft and pillowy. And like, it's not overly sweet. It's just right on the line. And it's, it's absolutely delicious. That is, that's fantastic. That I, I did not know. That's awesome. Good recommendation. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, I saw the picture you took of those kebabs and I'm like, oh, I might need some of those. So next time uh, you get the empanada, I'll get the kebabs and uh, we'll, we'll compare notes or something there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like we both need to make a return trip. I think so. Uh, definitely worth a return. And I think, uh, you know, obviously they're they're doing the carryout right now. 
uh, once they get open for the restaurant too, it'd be cool to eat there. But uh, if you want to, I mean, just change up your your meal for the week, try something different. And it, you know, the thing is, is this food, the African food, as we've encountered it so far, it's got familiar things, familiar essence, but it's just different. And so the uh, the initial experience is, is really easy to get started and enjoy. It's really tasty. I, w- I would totally agree. If you're looking for like a gateway into trying a new cuisine, I would say this is a really good way to do so where it's different food and different flavors, but presented in a familiar way. Like yes. The rice bowl concept is very familiar to Americans. That's something that we understand and we know. And to infuse these African flavors, which are delicious, but to introduce them in a way that feels like we know what's coming, I think is it's a nice little way to sneak it in without being surprised. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you if you pop open that cover, like on the jollof rice, you'd be like, oh, it's it's rice, chicken, and pepper. And then you start digging in, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? So for sure. For yeah. Sure. Awesome. So that's that's okra. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad we kind of crossed culinary paths there. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, not the virus that will not be named, but the awesome response of the Omaha restaurant community to the virus that will not be named. And uh, Dan, you've done a fantastic job highlighting this on your social media, on your podcast. I, I think the last, I, I don't know, maybe three, four episodes, you've really just, you know, given the punch there to, for your love for the restaurant uh, community in Omaha, the people, um, the uh, Eat Local Omaha hashtag. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk about a, a few things, and I, I got a couple of categories and I'd love your your take and, and input on a few of these things. Let's do it, Dave. Awesome. So the the first one I I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with caring. Um. So I've seen a lot of posts and shout out uh, to the Omaha food lovers. They've been really good about posting a lot of this stuff too, um, as you have as well, Dan. And uh, so the the my first example here is Cops Pizza. Uh, they had mm-hmm. three. Th- Three things that I thought were really cool that that kind of stood out to me. Uh, one was delivery just about anywhere. They have their local area, and then they have a few delivery drivers that are pretty much taking food anywhere in the Omaha area. And, and mm-hmm. the second item they had was pizza kits. They've got a family pizza kit to make your own pizza at home. And then they also came out with a kid's pizza kit. So you get a couple of dough balls and some sauce and stuff. So, you know, if the kids are cooped up inside, they can learn to be their own chef and create their own pizza and cook this thing. And I, I thought that was cool. Um, the third thing is that they did an effort of feeding uh, roughly 450 people that were in need of food. And I mean, if you want to talk caring that's a lot of food and a lot of time, and that's just a really cool thing. So I thought that was cool. Well, yeah, I think the thing that's amazing about that is, like, the concept of opportunity cost there. Yeah. Um, you know, making all those pizzas, like, that's time that they could have spent working on their business, that they could have spent making pizzas that they're selling for a profit, that they could have spent delivering pizzas. 
in, instead, you know, instead of working for a profit, they did something for people because they cared. Same with the ingredients. Like, I know that they, um, I think they, they had like a GoFundMe or, or some kind of account like that. But yeah. still, you're, they invested their own money and their own ingredients to do this for people just because they know that as much as the restaurant industry is struggling, there are other, a lot of other people who've been laid off and they're struggling as well. So just to see, to see an organization and a restaurant be so selfless was really inspiring to me. And, and they're not, they're definitely not the only ones who have done. I don't want to, you know, um, shortchange any other Omaha restaurants because we've seen a lot of acts of hospitality, but cops is definitely one that, like they caught you, right? They certainly caught mine as well. For sure. And uh, so I, I had listened to your episode on Restaurant Hoppin' with Nick Strawhecker. And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you there, so obviously, you know, he's been innovating for, for Dante. And uh, one of the really cool things was how he worked on the restaurant with his messaging and staff planning and, uh, you know, how you know he's you know I, he's maintaining a calm he's maintaining a leadership and mm-hmm. you know he's he's fitting a need in the community and also you know carrying his restaurant forward so his his people i think he had mentioned something about um you know people maybe in the front of the house doing back of the house jobs or just all sorts of different stuff so uh, besides people stopping right now and listening to the restaurant hopping episode which you should um and then coming back and finishing is there anything maybe you'd like to highlight or add um that people want to listen for on that podcast or you want to bring up about dante here well, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Dante. I was even before all this. Um, I just their food. Their it's my favorite pizza in Omaha. The pasta is absolutely delicious too. And Nick Strawhecker is just a genius. I mean, I would trust that guy to cook just about anything. Um, he's he's amazing, but he's also really inspiring. Because um, I think you know, you you look at you look at Dante, and he's also the the, the owner and chef at Forno, which is kind of like a, a fast casual concept of Dante that um, was in the Blackstone district and he had to close for now, at least temporarily. Yeah. And when you look at Dante, Dante is, it's very much a sit down restaurant. He said about 5% of their business um, before all this happened was takeout orders. So now obviously restaurants aren't allowed to have people in. So you're going from 5% of takeout orders to a hundred percent of takeout orders. Oh, and you just had to close one of your two restaurants. I mean, yeah. this really, with most people, this would have been like a huge mental burden that could have wrecked them. And I feel like Nick, he responded on the fly. And Dante's done some really creative things. We've seen Dante, a couple other pizza places. I know Noli's is another one, but they've started to go to the par-bake pizza concept. So they will partially bake the pizza and then give it to the customer. And then the customer finishes it at home. So the pizza is nice and fresh yeah. um, and hot out of the oven versus, you know, sitting in the car and, and steaming in the pizza box and then it's all soggy when, when you get home. You know, nobody likes that. Like he said, he's kind of redistributed responsibilities around Dante. He hasn't had to lay off a single person That's from awesome. Dante yet. And the response from the community is tremendous. He said that there were just people out in the parking lot who were waiting for like, you know, over an hour for their pizza just because 
Dante is still figuring out this whole process, and the orders were just so many that they got backed up. But people were happy to wait, and they were they were out there almost, you know, having like a communal atmosphere. So that's just you know another example of a restaurant that that really got hit with a crappy situation and is finding a way to make the most of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, def- definitely. And the another one I saw that was kind of fun and and food trucks are kind of fitting a niche here too because they they don't have a sit down spot. But uh, I saw that the churro truck had delivered a bunch of food to UNMC for our uh, health workers. So there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on like that. I've seen some discounts um, also by restaurants. For our healthcare professionals, um, I, mm-hmm. I would assume first responders as well, because uh, those those guys and girls are are definitely in the the line of fire and direct contact with the virus that will not be named, um, and you know you know putting their their lives on the line out there, um, you know every day and especially during this time. So I I have to highlight at least, and maybe you were just about to bring this up, but I have to highlight one other philanthropic effort, and that's um, dandelion pop up. Yes. Is that where you were going next? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, for those who aren't familiar, the Dandelion Pop-Up is it's a concept down on 13th and Howard Streets in downtown Omaha. And basically every Friday for lunch, they have a different Omaha chef come in. Not every Friday, but most Fridays they have a different chef come in and basically say, hey, you get to cook whatever you want and you get to make like street food. So it could be tacos, it could be burgers, it could be whatever. So like some of the best chefs in Omaha, whether you're talking, um, you know, Paul Kulik or the Urbans from Block 16, uh, Carlos Mendez from the Hunger Block. I mean, all these different, I think Ben Mabes from Acarant, or maybe it was Tim Mabes. Either way, all these different chefs come in and they will they'll cook at this place. And it's super cool. And it was just about to reopen for a new season, actually, this coming Friday. Now, coronavirus, oh, I'm sorry, I named it, but... The virus that should not be named. We'll just beep it out. That It'll obviously, be great. that actually, you know, kind of wrecks those plans because now people don't want to go outside. You know, some people still might go, and I certainly hope that they do. But like that could be a crushing blow. And instead, the guy who owns and operates Dandelion, his name is Nick Bartholomew. Like this guy, he did not miss a beat. He did not even, you know, he didn't take a second to wallow and say, I've worked so hard to open this thing back up, and now, you know, something out of my control just comes in and robs it, robs me of it. He turned around right away and started collecting um, perishable goods from restaurants that were closing down or restaurants who didn't think that they would be able to sell, you know, all their meat, all their vegetables, all their fish in time, and this food would go bad. And he basically put out the back signal call to them and said, hey, if you have extra food, I will take it, and I'm going to cook a bunch of stuff for for people who are in need, who might be homeless, who might not have jobs anymore, or something along those lines. And yeah, yeah so last Saturday, they fed hundreds of people at the Dandelion Pop-Up, which you know is, again, intended to be a, a business, a, a revenue generator, and instead they were using it to help other people in need. And Nick was kind of the leader. There are many other people. But like another guy that I want to highlight, his name is Glenn Wheeler, who is probably one of the best and most famous chefs in Omaha's history. Oh, and he, and he is responsible for the burger at Spencer's. Right, right. Yes. Yes, yes. he is. That, the, the famous burger. Um, 
but he works at, at Spencer's uh, for Steaks and Shops. Spencer's closed. They're they're not open. They're not doing any kind of carryout. And I know he was extremely bummed about that. Obviously, any chef would be if your restaurant just closed and you know you're suddenly not working. But again, that's another guy who he did not take a beat to wallow in pity or anything. He turned around right away and started working with Nick, and he was gathering food and he was cooking, and he played a huge part in this dandelion event that happened this last Saturday. So, just uh, and again, I want to be very clear: like there were a ton of people that were involved in this, and I just want to highlight a, a few of them and and just point out that even in the midst of this struggle, like when these people could just be you know throwing in the towel and saying, okay, you know this sucks, I'm I'm out. They're just they're responding, and instead of worrying about themselves, they're just worrying about other people. They're just the selflessness is incredible. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, you, yeah. You you want to talk about a community that gives back? I mean, this is Omaha's Omaha restaurants giving back and and taking care of people, and that's that's fantastic. So awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So the the next category I wanted to get into was. Any creative things um, that you've seen? I, I'll lead in with something you mentioned a little bit prior. You had said the half-baked pizza or the par-baked pizza, and Noli's is doing that, you had said, and I believe you actually got a Dante par-baked. Is that true? Yeah, we got a couple of them, actually, and it was it was delicious. Uh, 500 degrees in the oven for three minutes. That's all it took, and it was, I mean, it wasn't like it was, just you know served to us at the table in the restaurant sure but it was pretty darn close it was still fantastic that's awesome and uh la casa pizzeria has been doing the both half-baked and i think they do like a quarter baked uh pizza as well um frozen but uh you can get the the half-baked ones and do those at home as well so they have that i saw that uh fernando's was doing take and bake enchiladas and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of other places that are doing kits like that. So uh, that that was one item. And uh, I wanted to give uh, Archetype Coffee a shout out because on their Instagram, they're actually putting out how-to videos on how to make good coffee at your house if you're stuck there. So um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. One other thing, uh, or a couple of restaurants, I think, that deserve points for creativity. Um, Le Bouillon is one that is doing, like, you know, it's become so popular, whether it's the Hello Chefs or... or um, Yeah, like Blue uh, Box you know or one about. of those, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, they deliver the ingredients, they give you the instructions, and then you make it yourself. Le Bouillon has been doing that, and I think that's super cool. And they've also been doing delivery orders, and uh, Dario's has been doing the same thing. But it's the owners and chefs are the ones who are driving the trucks around. So, like, you know, you you order from Dario's or something, and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door. You open the door, and there's Dario, one of the best chefs in Omaha, just, like, standing on your doorstep, <laughs> handing you your burger. Like, I just, I think that that's, that's so cool, just, you know, kind of seeing the chefs kind of step down and, and not have a big ego or whatever, but say, "Hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out there and, um, you know, continue to continue to serve this community." 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so Block 16, I mean, where would we be without mentioning Block 16? Oh, yeah. Uh, so before the restrictions uh, went into their current state, uh, Block 16 adapted really fast. Um, I had stopped down there and they put hand sanitizer on the outside of the building on the inside mm-hmm. of the building. Um, and when I was there, Channel 3 was actually interviewing them because Jess and Paul Urban and their crew just adapted in a heartbeat and then adapted again by getting dedicated curbside to-go parking spots so you can get your poutine burrito curbside. And I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think we've seen a lot more restaurants kind of pivot to that, but they were one of the first ones where... Yeah, they, they understood the importance of even as safe as they were with all the hand sanitizer on the inside, they even put, like, uh, masking tape on the ground six feet apart so when you were in line you knew how far back to stand. They could be even safer. And this is the, the, the ultimate safety measure, I think, where people can actually, you can call in, you can pay over the phone, and then they will just come out and they will just hand you your food and you take it and you go. And there's as minimal like human interaction, which sounds bad, but like, <laughs> as, you know, as minimal points of contact as you can have to get your food and get it to go. And we've seen a lot of restaurants start doing that. And I, I just think it's a really smart thing, but they were, as you mentioned, they were kind of the ones who got in on the ground floor and started. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they, they did switch very quickly and, and did what they needed to do. And and that's awesome. And I believe they even got a second phone number because the, the to-go orders were coming in (laughs) so fast. Yeah. So, uh, the, another thing that I saw, um, so Ted and Wally's is, uh, doing pints of ice cream to go. And I believe Coneflower is doing curbside too. So besides all the savory stuff, you can still get your your sweet fix, any uh, any good desserts you've seen or encountered? I, I think you went to a cake shop recently. Yeah, there's a, that's kind of a sad story, actually. Um, cake Creations, huge, huge fan of Cake Creations. Um, my wife's gotten me a birthday cake from there. Like you mentioned, we went there the other day and we got some cupcakes. Uh, they, unfortunately, have decided that for the time being, they are going to close up shop. Um, you know, if this passes quickly and and everything goes well, they'll get back on their feet. And I would highly, highly encourage you to go check out Cake Creations. Um, absolutely beautiful designs, incredibly delicious flavor. Tanya Brown, the owner is a real, real sweetheart. Like everything about the, the business is great. And I hope that they're able to get back on their feet because yeah, that's, that's a special place. Yeah, I, I saw a photograph. I think you got some uh, cupcakes or something like that. And I'm like, man, I want, I need those or something similar. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and so uh, Pitch even, so they, they started doing Pizza by the Slice. And I wanted to tie this into something interesting that has happened in, in Omaha and Council Bluffs. And that is you can get booze delivered now. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, Pitch is doing, you can do the pizza by the slice and booze. I've seen drink kits. So they will, uh, you know, different places around town will assemble things for you. Spirit World, I think, is doing uh, door delivery now. Uh, so I, I, that, what a crazy thing. Um, burrito Envy, I think for 12 bucks, uh, they said today you can get a burrito and a margarita. Like, that's killer. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, a lot of restaurants are realizing that, you know, now that Governor Ricketts has allowed them to, you know, to sell alcohol curbside, that that's a great way to, to bring in a little revenue. Like, you know, I'll, I'll bring in Dante again just because Nick told me this story. But um, the day, so it was last Friday that they had to close Forno. And so they brought in basically everything from Forno. They brought it over to Dante. And that night, they sold out of all those their wine, not only from Forno, but what they still had at Dante. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> People are... We'll just put it this way. They're finding a way to cope through this tough situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, a lot of places are doing uh, heavy discounts on those full bottles of wine, too. So that seems like a thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Any any other uh, wild and uh, creative adaptations that you've seen? We've seen more and more restaurants, I think, start to do, like, kind of family meals. Yeah. Um, I know Dante is a place that did this. Uh, Au Courant has at least teased the idea of doing like a, I'm not sure if they're following through on it, but they'd put out a post about maybe making like a family style lasagna. I know Dolce has done that with enchiladas and like um, some sandwiches. Uh, and there, there are other restaurants that are doing it too. Um, I got an order from Culprit Cafe today. So I placed it yesterday, got some olive bread and coffee and donuts. Yeah. They delivered it to my door today. Like, Straight from the bakery, it could not have been any fresher. It was incredible. So, like, you see, um, just that doorside delivery. There, there, there is all kinds of stuff. I mean, I think I've had like four or five things that have come to my mind, even just doing this conversation, and I've forgotten them already because there, there are so many restaurants that are just doing interesting things, and and I think it's it's encouraging to see some of these restaurants that originally closed are now starting to reopen, even if they're just in takeout mode, they're giving themselves a chance. And like we were talking off the phone, uh, I went to J Coco tonight. That was a restaurant that closed for two weeks, but they reopened tonight. And I got to say the Wagyu burger, which is my favorite Noma. It was as good as ever. Solo Mio today. They announced that they were going to reopen and start doing takeout dinners. Um, I mentioned Culprit. Culprit was closed for a couple weeks until yesterday. Acarat uh, was another one that I mentioned. Um, they're not, you know, fully reopening, but they they closed and now they're looking at takeout options. I think uh, Hunger Block is in the same uh, the same realm. So it's really encouraging to see some of these restaurants that originally went through that pain and, and they're still. You know, there's going to be more pain in the future. Let's let's be honest, but they're finding ways to get themselves back in the game and at least get some revenue. Hopefully, you know, pay their employees and and survive until this thing finally passes. Absolutely, and and so um, I'm glad you mentioned Jay Coco because I saw that burger and uh, I kind of want it now. Uh, you so, definitely want it. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I was going to ask because you, you know, I, I seen, you know, you've had a lot of uh, curbside and to go. Uh, one of the things that I had that was super fun was uh, I got the they were potato ricotta spinach enchiladas with red chili oh, chicken from kitchen table. From kitchen table. Um, oh, I love kitchen table. So they they had just oh, and I got a slice of their bread too. Uh, but yeah, oh, I you have to. I I did the the curbside uh, pickup, 
and uh, pulled in. They brought these out in a, a nice little kind of waxed uh, in, interior paper container. Um, you know, they I paid online. They handed it directly to my window. There was, you know, minimal uh, proximity. I took it home. I popped it open. It was still hot. I mean, this stuff was still hot. Two huge enchiladas stuffed to the gills, topped with this red chili chicken. What a fun thing. And I mean, just the the combo of like potato, ricotta, and spinach in the first place, the red sauce on top, and then chicken on top of that. I What a fun deal. Uh, it came with a little salad. I got this crusty bread to go with it. It was like a 50 cent add-on. Uh, that was super fun. You you told me Jay Coco was good. Uh, you did some porky butts to go too, yeah? Yeah, porky butts was fantastic. And, and that's one of those places where they, they kind of had a built-in advantage coming into this whole thing because they're pretty used to doing takeout and they're doing the curbside takeout now. But, um, you know, obviously I think just about any food is going to be better in the restaurant and fresh. Sure. Um, as, as opposed to getting it to go. But when you can find those restaurants that are about 90, 95% as good when you take it to go, that's, you know, that's a really good thing. Forky Butts definitely qualifies there. And uh, another one that I wanted to highlight, gosh, we've been eating a lot lately, <laughs> but uh, is Yoshitomo. Yoshitomo is an absolutely wonderful experience to eat in. If you love sushi and nigiri, uh, we got it to go, and it was it was really fantastic as well. Very streamlined process and everything. So, um, and just not not to get off track, but I I remembered it, and it's something that I think is really clever. You know, when you were mentioning like creative things that restaurants are doing, this isn't set in stone yet, but it's something that they they teased out on Facebook. So. The really popular thing to do at, at Yoshitomo um, is the omakase, right. which is like this this 12 to 15 course meal where it's you and I think four to six other people with the chef. And it's like a personal meal where he's making each piece of sushi or each nigiri like right in front of you and serving. And it's just like over a couple hours and it's super cool and everything. You know, obviously that's not something that can happen right now because you're in close proximity with a lot of other people. Well, I'm friends with the chef at Yoshitomo on Facebook, and he was asking his friends and followers yesterday, hey, would any be, anyone be interested in doing a homakase, <laughs> which is where the restaurant would deliver you 12 to 15 courses of omakase nigiri right to your door. That's wild. And, of course, he was just inundated with interest right off the bat. Everyone was like, yes, 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 let's do this. So as of right now, as we, as we talk on uh, – on Tuesday night, um, he said he was going to be putting that together. It hasn't actually happened yet, but it's, it's probably in the works. So, yeah, just another example of somebody being creative and, and thinking outside the box. Yeah, you throw man, you throw a tablecloth on a couple candles on and a 12-course homakase, and you're going to have a nice evening there. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound bad at all. No. Um, one other, Kurt, just real quick. I did get a uh, curbside delivery uh, from La Casa, uh, one of my, my favorites. I got a pepperoni pizza with both cheeses on it. And, I mean, obviously pizza places are used to that, but it was cool that they adapted to that curbside model. Um, I pulled mm-hmm. in, 
found a parking spot. They uh, asked the, just that I call them real quick and when I was there. So I did. And a uh, nice gentleman there brought my pizza out to my car, handed it to me, and away we went. So so that was cool. Um, and you, you had mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, things steaming in the box, that kind of thing. So I wanted to know, I have a couple here, and I wanted to know if you had any takeout tips. So you, you do your curbside pickup, and how do you get this home in the best way possible? I'll throw one of my first ones in, which is if you get anything like fried chicken that's just incredibly hot um, or chicken strips or anything like that, is to pop the corner of the bag or pop the uh, clamshell container to let the steam out so you don't end up with soggy chicken. Um, so I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but do you have any fun? Maybe it's even how you secure your stuff in the car when you travel, that type of thing. For the most part, I mean, I've, I've pretty much been getting like, I mean, I've gotten sushi, which, you know, is cold already, so you don't have to worry about that. Or I've been getting, you know, a burrito, which is already pre-wrapped or, you know, burgers and stuff where you just kind of have to drive home as fast as possible. Sure. <laughs> I would say, you know, if you are going to go to a Noli's or, or Dante or something, which I think Dante's moved completely to Parbakes now, but I would recommend doing that Parbakes option um, if it's at all available at a pizza place because, yeah, even just in a couple minutes, a pizza, especially if it's Neapolitan style, steaming inside that box can be... Not it's not bad, but it just it sogs things up a little bit. It's not quite the right texture that you're looking for. And doing that par baked option, it's minimal effort, minimal time, and it allows you to get a lot closer experience that you would have in the restaurant. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so that's awesome tip. Um, ordering burritos that travel well. Uh, I I will weigh in with the Saturday Omaha Mad Scientist TJ. The craziest thing I've seen him do to make food travel is uh, Alton Brown likes to put fire brick in the bottom of his ovens to make them heat evenly. So uh-huh. TJ has that in his oven, and he heated them up, wrapped them in foil, and then put them in a cooler so that he could transport fried <laughs> ravioli. Uh <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's that's some dedication to the craft right there. It it really is. It really is. His only hindsight was that the brick might have been a little too hot for the plastic, so uh in the cooler, so maybe next time a large blanket or something. Uh please no one try this at home ever. So uh, <laughs> so that that's takeout tips. Um two quick categories left. One was fun stuff. And uh, there was something that Kate Creations made that uh, was kind of a, uh, oh, uh, a representative cake art of the times. They had a special cake, I believe you encountered, Mr. Dan Hoppen. Yes. So, of course, everyone remembers when this whole thing first started. And I'm sure I, I haven't been to the store in probably about a week, so I don't know for sure. But I'm fairly certain it's still happening now. There was a rush on toilet paper. Everyone wanted to get toilet paper because they were worried they were going to run out. So if you went to a grocery store, you know, you weren't finding any or it was at a premium or whatever. So Kate Creations, they 
they did a little play on that, and they actually made a cake that looked like a roll of toilet paper. It was extremely realistic, <laughs> but it was just kind of poking fun. It was like, hey, if you miss out on, you know, all the toilet paper at the store, we have one that looks better and tastes better. So come here, and I, I you know, that's just kind of making light and having some fun in obviously what's a tough situation. Right. I, I saw that Small Cakes did a TP cupcake, uh, so very similar yep. there. <laughs> uh, two other fun things I wanted to bring up was that uh, Oasis uh, Falafel has a really crazy uh, to-go menu, delivery menu, and uh, they have these packs. They have the Feeds two to four Netflix and Cuddle Pack. And then one of my favorites was the Fiendish Stockpile, which serves over 10. Um, so you can feed a huge pile of people, or I would imagine you can freeze it and just kind of kind of live on it for a while. Uh, so that was cool. And then the last one was the Brickway Brewing and Distillery pivoting to make hand sanitizer so that's oh, yeah. crazy right i mean that's that's just awesome so any other fun items you've seen i don't know if this qualifies as fun necessarily but over easy started doing dinner you know that's a breakfast and lunch spot that has a drive-through and sure. they're doing dinner now so that's that's kind of a cool deal uh brian windhorse you know the the espn reporter actually drove through and, and they got a picture of him so that was kind of fun nice um, no other ones are popping to my head immediately, but I'm sure there are many, many more. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's cool. Good point. Yeah. Just expanding hours and, and innovating like that. Mm -hmm. All right. To close this out, cause I have used a lot of your time, Mr. Hoppin, and I, I'm very thankful. Um, I, I wanted to go out with some things to remember things. That's, that's a lot of redundancy. Some things to remember, um, <laughs> One is is to watch out for some new places. So uh, Best Burger, Ramona's is opening back up, and we talked at the beginning of the episode about Okra African Grill. So I wanted people just to keep an eye out for new places because it's, it's hard to get on your feet and even harder right now. So um, that's one of those things. Um, a lot of places are offering some free delivery, uh, depending on how much you spend. Some places are just free in general. A lot of places are waiving the uh, Uber Eats and Grubhub fees. Um, yep, yep. So, yeah, I, I wanted to keep an eye out on on the little guys. I, I need to check in. I don't know where Caribbean Delights is at. Their, their social media is not quite as active as some others, so hopefully they're doing okay. Um Food mm -hmm. trucks, food trucks are a great op option. I've seen uh, Yo Muchacho. Seems like uh, he's doing real well. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's done a really cool thing where um, that's a a barbecue Mexican fusion like taco truck. They also do um, nachos and mac and cheese. It's delicious. Basically, it's pulled pork and and uh, and bar or, um, yeah barbecue chicken on tacos. It's so good. And you know, food trucks they're in a tough place right now. But he's pivoted to basically making family meals, and I'm going to be getting one of these in a couple of days. Um, but yeah, he, you know, you tell him, hey, I I want twelve tacos or whatever, and he comes over and there's a tray full of tortillas, there's a tray full of meat, there's a tray full of salsa, a tray full of cheese, like all this different stuff, and you basically make your own taco bar at home, and it's it's been wildly successful. I've seen a lot of success on on social media. Um, 
the truck is Lincoln-based, but uh, he's been coming to Omaha on Thursdays. I believe it is his plan to continue doing that. But, yeah, definitely Google or get on social media, look up the Muchachos food truck. Uh, Nick Mesas is is the owner's name, and, and that's a really cool business to support, too. He's a super awesome guy. That's that's awesome. And, and my last thing for things to remember is – Keep an eye out for your your favorites, your you know local haunts on Facebook, your local places on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, because they're looking for different types of support, um, buying merchandise, um, events, um, support for their helping the communities. So you know, yeah, just just keeping an eye out on these places, on things you can do. And on things they're doing and how you might get your meal because these restaurants are constantly adapting to um, the current situation. And and so, yeah, that's just – it's awesome to see. I think the most important thing I want to say before we get out of here is tip well. It's If you eat out, please, please, please tip well. You know, as much as the restaurants are hurting, it's really the front of staff that is taking the brunt of it because they're not getting as many tips because people aren't dining in and they're not getting as many hours because the restaurants don't need as many workers. And these are people who generally are living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of them do not have health insurance. You know, they, they don't necessarily know, you know, if they're going to be able to pay rent sometimes. So if you leave a big tip, you know, maybe instead of tipping 15 or 20%, if you have the means, Tip 25, tip 30%, if you can. Again, I know a lot of people are, you know, going through tough times right now, but I've I've been in communications with some restaurant owners, and they've just been blown away. They're saying, you know, some people are leaving $100 tips. You know, they'll get a $25 meal and pay $250 or something, and they're just like, you know, we know not everyone can do that, but that just makes such a big difference, not only for you know, monetarily, obviously, it's huge, but just for morale. Uh, just sure. all these restaurants and all these people, they're they're hurting and they're struggling. And it, it's hard to, to go to work and just have not as many people come through the door and not have as much to do. So to have that kind of jolt of energy where, you know, you get excitement when you see something like that, when you see someone supporting and loving on you, that's huge. So if you have the means and if you have the opportunity, please tip well because, you just have no idea how much something like that might mean to someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. They're, they're doing what they can and innovating. And like you said, that, that morale boost of just helping somebody have a good day um, is, is going to go a long way and, and warm somebody's heart in some pretty tough and, and can be scary times for sure. For sure. So, oh, uh, one mm-hmm. thing I don't want to forget, too, is look at buying gift cards. And then I've seen some other things like Hardy Coffee uh, does a like a team membership tag. You can buy a tag from them. It gives you 15 percent off of your uh, coffee during the year. And it's like a one time fee. So I'm sure that would help them out. So keep an eye out for for some neat ways to support your local spots. So. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so that kind of wraps it up here. Uh, Dan Hoppin of restauranthoppin.com and the restaurant hoppin podcast. I, I cannot thank you enough, uh, for a, uh, 
a wonderful talk, a wonderful chat, and always awesome discussing food. And uh, it's it's great to talk to you, and thank you for being a part of this one. Hey, no problem. This was truly my pleasure. I love talking to restaurants and talking food at any opportunity possible. So I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and, and hang out with you tonight. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, uh, we are definitely well more than six feet apart on this particular podcast. Um, <laughs> this is proper social distancing. No, no question. No question. So we will uh, we will talk more um, on social media. Everybody take a look at uh, Dan Hoppin's podcast and restauranthoppin.com. A lot of great stuff out there. And Dan, I hope we can talk about food uh, both at a social distance and and in the future, uh, co-located when things settle down. Amen. Amen, my friend. Uh, as my buddy Nick Strawhacker says, everyone out there, keep calm and carry out. I, that's beautiful. I, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, thanks for eating with us. I am Dave of Saturday Omaha, your humble host. Our special guest was Dan Hoppin. That's it for us. And uh, thanks for eating with us. And uh, eat this. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.